Hey everybody, welcome to The Bar is Open with Beth and Greg. I am Greg Lamontine. You'll see Beth isn't here today, but I do have a very distinct honor of having Mac Alexander from Mac Belts on with me today. How you doing, Mac? Good, how are you? Uh, mm. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. It's awesome. I came across your, your Instagram, some of your videos, and one story that may or may not get into that kind of sparked you know, looking into Mac belts and then went down the, the rabbit hole of all your videos and how you do everything on, you know, making belts and doing all that cool stuff. So again, thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. First things first, go out, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, all the places you can find a podcast, also on YouTube, like, and subscribe to the show if you don't mind. So with that, we will jump in if you don't mind. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it, brother. All right, perfect. So, Mac, you are the CEO of Mac Belts, a veteran-owned and operated company. How did you, before we get into how you started it, you know, what's it like being a CEO? Yeah, so it, it's actually kind of funny. Um, you know, it, it, there's a, all kinds of different acronyms as a business owner that you can give yourself, right? And so for me, uh, you know, you wear a lot of different hats and it, I'm really fortunate to be in the situation that I'm in and, you know, with the economy and the way that uh, just things have gone, it's been pretty challenging for businesses. So I feel, you know, very honored to, to be, to be running um, uh, Mac belts and it's been my baby and there's yeah. me and only a small group of guys that are working to make this thing happen. And I believe that we're really going to, you know, make a dent in this industry. It's awesome. Yeah. When people say, you know, I'm a CEO, it's like a CEO of what, but we'll get into that, how you got through the story and everything. First things first though, what is belt gaze and why is there no cure? <laughs> so belt gaze <laughs> is the, the medical condition of when you are drawn to uh, a man's belt, right? And <laughs> you're generally looking in the crotch area that can be frowned upon uh, depending on what you're into. But, uh, you know, so me and some really amazing veterans that run a content creation company, uh, they they do some really amazing uh, videos. And those guys just, they knocked it out of the park. That so one, belt, belt gaze, we're running with it. That one was hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, go out to his Instagram, go out to Mac Belt's Instagram. It's out there. It's It was, I, I died laughing, man. That was a great one. Why are you looking at his belt? I'm not. So... <laughs> Let's jump into kind of what got you going and kind of your journey, if you don't mind. I think that's a kind of a, that's a really, you have a cool story. A lot of people have a, I don't want to say a similar story. Everybody's got their own story, but you've got one that people may, it will definitely connect with. So where'd you start out in life? Like, where are you from? What got you into mil in getting into the military and, and that little bit of background on that? Yeah, so I grew up in in Florida. Uh, not necessarily. I didn't. I moved around a lot, so I, there's not a specific you know city in Florida I call my home. Uh, I went to nine different schools. I was raised by a single mother who was doing the best she could with three kids, and uh, yeah, and I I moved and lived all over. I was always the new kid, and I think that definitely helped me with uh, you know later on in in, in business, right? Mm -hmm. in, in a way that I never would have thought. So, you know, I'm, I am, I am a Florida, Florida man, as they Florida say. Florida man running yeah. down with the, the flag in the storm. No, yeah. I can absolutely, you know, connect with you on the moving. My dad was a Marine Corps recruiter for 20 years, 22 years. So we moved all over the place. Every 
couple of years, you know, I didn't know the term PCS until I started working at USAA. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, we just moved. That was, that was life, right? It's like, we're going to move from New Hampshire to Oregon to North Carolina and all over the place. It was never down the street. It was always across the country, you know? So absolutely. So when you, um, what made you, you make the decision to jump into the Navy to enlist? Did you enlist or did you go to school for, go to college and go at OCS or would you, how'd you get in the Navy? Yeah. So, um, you know, there, it's a, it's a good question. And, and thanks for your, um, your dad's service, man. And, you Likewise. know, your, your family sacrifice, because, uh, you know, being being a military uh, spouse child is not easy. Right. These guys, um, they do uh, they, they work around the clock so we can be and live in the greatest country in the world. So uh, the decision to join the military, I came from a long line of, of people who had served it, uh, service members. You know, you see a guy in uniform, you know, you're just drawn to it. Right. And, and for me, uh, I love America, I think this is the greatest country in the world. And, uh, you know, one of my distant relatives was in, in the Navy. He was in special operations as well. He was in the SEAL teams. And just like hearing his stories and, um, you know, hearing about his experiences, the things that he had done, uh, those were the same things that I wanted uh, to to also experience, right? And I really wanted to serve at, at the highest uh, caliber that I could. And so the decision uh, to enlist, I, I did go to college, um, you know, a big part of my early upbringing, I got into a lot of trouble, right? If anybody, if you would have told anybody that Mac went to college, man, they would have, they would have laughed in <laughs> your like, face. That guy? No, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a, you know, a unique situation as a young man and I, you know, I did the best I could. Um, and then I had my first real mentor come into my life when I was, uh, you know, in 10th grade, right. Okay. And, um, you know, the power of, of mentorship, something I'm huge on, because, man, I, I probably wouldn't have graduated high school if I uh, didn't have um, Mr. Ott, who was the principal of my school, who kind of understood my situation and and really took me under his wing and, and helped mentor me. And, you know, I got into I got he I got into college, I graduated high school. And then when I got to college, uh, just because I had grown up with a lot of freedom, uh, you know, kind of being my own, I had uh, not a lot of oversight. So I, when I got to college, man, it was, I was all business. I, I didn't really want to party or do those kinds of things. Cause okay. I had had, I'd kind of done those things at an earlier age, just yeah. with, um, kind of the, the, the situation I was in. And so when I got to college, I got in and out, I got a degree in, in two and a half years. I graduated with with an okay. economics degree, still not really sure what I learned or what, you know, what, <laughs> undergrads but, uh, will do that basket yeah. weaving class, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So my, my biggest thing was because of my, my, my educational track record, I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to start something and finish it. Right. I wanted to go okay. to college, get a degree. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And, uh, for me, it, it was just, I had to get that degree I learned throughout my process uh, that, you know, almost majority of SEALs have college degrees, right? If you have mm -hmm. a college degree, it just makes you, you know, more of a, you know, an asset, so to speak. So I did get that degree. I uh, graduated from Florida Atlantic University. So all my all my owls out there um, <laughs> trying to make that my alma mater proud. And 
and uh, and yeah, I mean, I enlisted because uh, just due to the nature of the different jobs in the teams, you know, you have enlisted personnel do one job, officers do another, and I really wanted to do um, the the parts of being a SEAL that were what an enlisted man did, right? And so that's why I enlisted. And that's how, that's what got me into the Navy, brother. That's awesome. It's, it's interesting. One of the, I think one of the things that I see with, with a lot of, I would say highly motivated people is they don't look at it. Like I want the top job. I want to be the, the, you know, you want to be a leader of course, but it's not about that. It's kind of leading from in the trenches, if you will, lack of a better way to put it right. You want to be, you know, it's do, don't do as I do or do as I do. Don't do as I tell you to do. Right. It's like, you want to be in there. You want to be leading with them. But again, you know, that's, that's a really interesting thing that you, you had that foresight to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to go to college, but I know it's going to be an asset to me, but I still want to enlist. I want to go do those jobs. And the fact that you, you thought about that well in advance, that's, that's really, really cool. You know, you see a lot of people that are, I want to be the CEO of this company. In some cases, they end up being right. But, you know, it's a different path. It was, it was just a, you, you lined out that different path. It was really cool. So thanks for sharing that. One of the things that I was going to ask is Charlie Sheen or Michael Bain, right? From, you know, Navy SEALs, of course, but mine would be Michael Bain, you know, the guy from, from uh, the original Alien movie, a little yeah. different. But I think you just answered that question. It wasn't either of them. It was you already had that thought and foresight in, into where you were going to go and where you're going to head. So it's amazing. Yeah. And around around that time, too, 2000, uh, kind of 10 was when it kind of sparked my curiosity. But, you know, the Navy was doing a really great job marketing, um, you know, what exactly was a was a Navy SEAL warfighter operator. Mm -hmm. And a lot of young men were like, that is the job you know, I want to do. So, um, you know, it, it was a really amazing experience. And I, every day I'm grateful to have served in the military and just seen the cost of freedom, right? And, and it's something that'll stick with me forever. Absolutely. And again, thank you for your service and can, going through that. And again, having that foresight to be like, that's my goal. That's my dream. And then a lot of people, even if you fall down, you know, you can still get back up and keep trying. So, as we're getting into that a little bit, kind of we'll jump away from your Navy SEALs in a second. But one of the things I think it's important to figure out your, where you're at in your journey, kind of where Mac belts came from and all of that is to go into, okay, what ended up, how did, why did you end up leaving the Navy SEALs is one of the, I know this is, it's a hard thing to, to have to step away from something that you love so much, but would you mind just sharing a little bit on that and then how the transition went for us? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's, you're never going to replace that, that purpose that comes with a job like that. And you're never going to replace, um, you know, the people and, and the really, the amazing young men and, and, and women too, that you get to, you get to serve alongside. Right. And, uh, you know, my career was cut short, um, unfortunately due to a series of accidents in a pretty, uh, short time, and, uh, you know, those accidents were uh, what the world may know them as TBI or, you know, traumatic brain injury. And I, I was a breacher in the SEAL teams. And what a breacher does is utilizes explosives uh, inside, um, you know, uh, houses to, to gain entry into 
um, you know, different buildings, whatever's impeding the flow of movement. So um, any guy who's been a breacher has a ton of concussions, um, you know, hundreds of concussions, man. And it's some charges when you eat them, it's like, it's like getting punched in the face. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, I was in a pretty bad Humvee accident uh, when we were doing a training exercise where a guy, unfortunately, he lost side of the road and we crashed into a wall and I, unfortunately I was not strapped in and ended up uh, getting a, a pretty bad concussion and, and getting pulled from that. But uh, the, the, the main thing, the, the big uh, kabuya, so to speak, was when I was deployed overseas, uh, we were finishing up an exercise off the coast of Africa and we had uh, two Chinook helicopters coming in to pick us up and uh, one of the Zodiac boats that we were utilizing for that exercise actually went airborne when the, the rotor wash of the helicopters, when they were landing and I got hit uh, by the motor. Um, oh, and man. so it's not a, it's not a crazy, sexy story, but um, the it's reality the, though, I mean, it's yeah, life, the, right? Yeah. The effect of that concussion would, would really alter, uh, you know, the, the course of my life and totally put me on a, on a different path. Right. And, and, and people, right. uh, you know, and, and it's hard because with, uh, TBIs, tr- brain injuries, the effects of concussions are, are very hard, um, in a variety of ways, man, your brain controls everything, speech, motor, emotions, uh, hormones, you name it. So when you really whack that thing, there's a lot of your internal wiring that, uh, gets messed up. Right. And so that was, my case, uh, you know, after that, I I was not unable to continue my career as a SEAL, and then I was in uh, physical therapy at Naval Medical Center San Diego, and I worked around the clock with a lot of the different providers there to um, work on a lot of the symptoms, to work on, uh, you know, sharpening uh, the things that I could, yeah, and. Um, you know, it, it was a it was a major major setback for me in my life, uh, just because there was so much purpose um, involved in being a SEAL and that job, and you get to tangibly make the world a better place, right? You get to go to these areas of the world where there is an unimaginable evil that people have never seen, and when you get to see that, you believe that it's your duty to um at all costs Mm -hmm. to 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 be a part of the machine that that takes care of that evil right or on the flip side you know if you lose teammates um you know you there's that uh, there's that revenge factor there right and so for it to kind of stop before you're ready to let let uh before you're ready to put it down is hard but you know unfortunately that it's a it's like a lot of guys still call it a hundred mile an hour train, right? As soon as you step off, man, that thing keeps going and there's never really a right time to, to put it down. And, um, but as soon as you do everything from the back of that comes flying forward. And so it was a, it was a complex time in my life, not only because my, my career that I worked so hard to, to, you know, get a point in, in my career, I worked so hard to get to because a lot of people don't know how challenging it is to become uh, at that level of an operator. It's very hard. Yeah. And you just feel like all your hard work is kind of, you know, but, but 
you know, as I look back now, you know, I'm incredibly grateful on that day that I was not killed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I've, I've, I've seen other, other service members, um, you know, not be so lucky in events like that. And so I'm, I'm extremely grateful to, to be here and to be able to speak the way I do and, you know, to be able to enjoy, um, all the freedoms that we have in America and to run a business and to, you know, um, in, and, and try to be a good example because I know I'm not the last guy, right? There's right. so many really amazing people who've served that, you know, and I think in the last couple of years with everything going on, there's a lot of people kind of getting out or, or going off into their new civilian role after, you know, 20 years of war fighting and all the different conflicts the United States has been involved in. And so there's a lot of people that are probably having a hard time finding that new purpose, right? And uh, right. for me, I just want to, kind of share my story and tell people like, Hey man, you know, if, if I can do it, you know, so can you, right. And um, there's so many things there that we could talk about, but that that's really what happened and why, why it was kind of over. But, you know, I believe God has used those really terrible events in my life to, to really rebuild what I have now, but I, the journey was not, not easy and I wouldn't want to go through it again. Of course. Yeah. And so my wife and I, we always, we've had a lot of losses in our life recently. Like life just kind of got mixed up. We lost best dad. We had a dog pass away. Things are just kind of going on and it all happened like back to back. But one of the things we, we try and remind each other of is God doesn't put too much in front of us that we can't handle, right? You just keep driving forward. And I'm not a super spiritual person, but I do believe in that very much so. And, you know, it's even in a situation where you're doing what many people and maybe yourself would be seem like a mundane task of a helicopter landing near you. It's just this weird set of circumstances, circumstances that just takes you out and you don't, you know, you just have to react and you have to keep moving forward. Right. It's like just one foot in front of the other day after day, day after day. Right. So thank you very much for sharing, you know, your story kind of, of how, you know, you ended up having kind of forced transition almost, right? You don't, you're not ready for it, but you got to do it. So you had a, what I've kind of went through some of your social medias, which you have great social medias. You have a lot of really, you say some really cool things. You share a lot about yourself. And one of the things that I, I found was that you quote unquote, did a total life reset, right? You decided, all right, I'm in this place. It's not necessarily the best place living in your car kind of situation, 40 bucks to your name, and you headed off to Mon Montana. What was, I mean, what drove you to go to Montana? Number one, it's beautiful. I know that, but what drove you to go there and were you looking for a different purpose or were you just kind of turning into a nomad, if you will? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I, yeah, I was isolating pretty bad. Right. Okay. Um, just based on, you know, I was, you know, to be, to be honest, I was really struggling with my mental health at the time, just because um, it's weird when you invest so much into this linear path of success and you find yourself at the rock of rock bottoms, you kind of question your own ability to reason and, and those kinds of things. And what makes it even more challenging is when you can look at the pictures of brain scans, right? And you can say, well, uh, you know, obviously there's something wrong with me. So you get in this constant like self-doubt and you lose track of, you know, your own guidance and you lose trust in yourself. Right. And um, that was kind of my situation that I was in. And I think because I was so angry with my current circumstances and because I didn't get the outcome that I wanted, I was just 
uh, I was just blinded with anger, man. And I was totally isolating myself like typical, uh, you know, veteran that's just withdrawing from everybody. You know, everybody is trying to help you. Everybody is trying to love on you and you just don't want to let anybody in. Right. And, 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 if I could go back in time, you know, I burned a lot of bridges and, and made a lot of a lot of mistakes, right? Just sure. because I was kind of blinded with anger. And I just had to get away, man. You know, living in a busy city is, is extremely hard. Uh, and, you know, for me, um, you know, with with brain injuries, you have a lot of motion regulation kind of thing. And so, okay, you know, it was just the constant uh, kind of triggering of, you know, that guy on your bumper behind you who's whatever and you know and for it being a special operations you're kind of your mindset from day one is to you know to absolutely obliterate any kind of pushback right any kind of anything that's kind of coming at you and that was kind of i carried that same mentality with me in every thing in my life after that right i it wasn't able to shut it off and so i just i couldn't handle you know just the noises and the stress and the just the the chaos so to speak of um living in a busy city right and um i decided that i was just gonna go to the middle of nowhere in montana and it it probably wasn't uh the best decision just because i isolated myself from community and those kinds of people and i think it's a bad place to be in when you are struggling with your mental health you're isolating yourself you you have a loss of purpose um and then and then you find yourself alone and then i think um you know and no one none of us will ever ask for help that's kind of the macho thing to do right it's kind of frowned upon or uh and so yeah i was i was totally isolated and um montana allowed me to find that that piece um of getting out of the craziness of the busy city uh but you know when I did get there, then I was forced to, to deal with myself, right? Because there was no one else that I could blame. And that was, that was a hard learning curve, you know, and and that's where a lot of the accountability for my own mistakes that were driven by anger, I really had to address, right? And that's kind of what led to now I'm back in, back in the busy city and (laughs) and doing the best I can, right? With, yeah, the things, man. And, and that's really kind of what led to, to going out there. And, um, but like I said, I mean, if I was able to form some really great bonds with some guys out there who, who really kind of looked after me, they mentored me, they looked after me, they made sure I was, uh, but man, I was still a wreck. I was still drinking a ton and on a bunch of pills and just not, not, not being the man that I probably should have been, you know? Yeah. understand. Yeah. I mean, it's a, Again, it's a crazy transition, right? But when you got up there, one of the you got into art, so to speak, right? Yeah. And that's what's gotten you to where you're at now, which is amazing, right? And you see that transition. We'll get into some of your leather work and stuff as as almost like a was it almost therapeutic? Like what made you pick up your first piece of leather to start going on this journey of what ends up being Mac belts? Yeah, well, it's um, it's it, it is a very crazy uh beginning, right? And so, um, I was actually in a pipeline to get a service dog, okay. and I was at a um, I was at a a Salvation Army 
and I saw an, I was looking for a, like a quality leather belt to put on my service dog. Right. I wanted, okay. I wanted uh, that dog to have the presence, like the pointy eared Malinois that I worked with overseas. Okay. And so I saw this old leather belt on the rack. Uh, and at this point in my life, man, I got no money. COVID-19, I can't get a job. I've burnt. I've just, my life is, is really struggling. I'm still trying to work on a lot of the traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. speech therapy, those kinds of things. And I got the, I looked at this old leather belt on a rack, right? And it was, it was, a, it was a dollar. I was originally there for a dress shirt for a job interview. And I looked at that old leather belt and I was like, in, in like the, the, the brand, my brain, the way it works, the way any kind of person who served in the military is like, how do you take what you have and turn it into what you need? Right. Okay. And repurposing, right? Yeah. Repurpose. Absolutely. So I saw that old leather belt on the, on the rack for a dollar. And, uh, I got this idea. I could make a dog collar. I took it home. I cleaned it up, you know, and, uh, used a bunch of different tools and chopped it up, made it smaller. And I, I, I sold it on social media. Right. And, Cause I was like, man, that's a good looking dog collar. Yeah. Um, here's kind of a prop, you know, I would go and I would buy these old leather belts, right. And I'd clean them up and then, um, you know, turn them into a dog collar. And then the light bulb went on, you buy something for a few dollars and you sell it for a little bit more and you sell it on social media. It's profit, right. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I need money. Smokes. Yeah. I can, wanted this. I can do this. I can feed myself. I can, this is something. And I, I yeah. never believed it would ever be what it is now, you know, I, I kind of call it, it's funny. I call it my, my arts and crafts project that just went, went, went crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I would, I started making dog collars, right. And leather crafting felt good because leather crafting is very physical, tangible, yeah, tangible. You're doing a lot of the sensory stuff. Um, you know, you, there's that hand-eye coordination piece of hitting things, and man, it was crazy. Once I started doing that, I would go around to all the Goodwills, Salvation Army thrift stores in my area, and I would buy all the old, crusty, nasty leather belts they had. And guys, guys yeah. were on like a first name basis with me. They're like, hey, what's up, Mac? We got a bunch of belts for you, man. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, it was cool. And so my buddy was asked me, you know, he's like, Hey man, could you make me a belt? Who's still in the seal teams? And I was like, yeah, sure. I can make you a belt. But then I had to, you know, learn that new skill. I can't just go buy an old belt from, you know, Salvation Army and repurpose it. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn the thing of leather crafting. But in my mind, my, my teammate who is going to be using this, uh, you know, it had to withstand the job and the tests that I knew he would put it through. Right. right. Because I know the physical job and the conditions that my brothers and sisters are fighting in or, or training in. And so I said, well, if I'm going to build this belt, it needs to be it needs to be totally, you know, environment proof. And so I kind of went to the drawing board and and, and used, uh, you know, my own knowledge of the military. And, and I created a belt. What I believed was like I would give this to my buddy and I would trust him to be able to put a firearm on that a loaded firearm, right? Because I've got to be able it. to withstand the weight. It's got to be able to durability. Everything has to be built into. Yeah. And so, and, and that was what really what, and then, and then I put that, I had this little website and, you know, if people who don't know, man, if, if you're looking to start a business, I started my business with $41 and I'm, you know, people are like, Oh, you're full of crap, but like, it's no. the truth. <laughs> yeah. I bought a, I bought an old leather belt from Goodwill or Salvation Army for $1 right? I bought a website, uh, you are, you know, e-commerce platform for like 15 bucks, right? 
And then I I bought um, like the subscription service that you use for these things. I took a picture with my iPhone. I wrote a little thing and then like that. And so the invest, you know, it, it came out to $41. I started a business. And since then, I've sold thousands of belts all over the world. And it, it, and I think a lot of it has been the story. And my whole goal is just just to motivate people that, man, no matter what, no matter what situation you're in, your financial situation or what neighborhood you grew up with or yeah. you know, however many parents you have, man, if you are willing to work in this country and you're willing to work smart and you're willing to work hard, you can build an amazing life for yourself. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things I think a lot of people might be fearful of doing that, jumping into something that's what they may foresee as being too big, or I can't do it, or I can't handle it or whatever it is. Again, it's like, you've got that story, $41, you know, and here we go. Right. And you're off to the races at that point. Another yeah. one of the, one of the things that you I've, I've read on your social media is you're never out of the fight. I think it's that kind of goes to that case, right? It's just driving forward, keep going. We're all going to get knocked down, right? I mean, no matter what, we get knocked down. Things happen. Even if you're temporarily messed up, thing, you know, work, personal, all of that sort of thing, like that's part of life. That's all it is. You can't do anything about it, right? So when do you, how do you apply that to the craft of leather work? You know, you're never out of the fight, even with your business. And one of the, again, one of the things that, you know, we think about is, I don't want to get up every day and do this mundane task. My perspective is I love what I do, right? I think that's one of the keys, but how do you keep that never out of the fight kind of mantra going? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that for me is, is something that I adopted from the SEAL teams, right? It's like, no matter what you are, you are never, um, down and out. Right. And when I, when I reached my lowest of low, I didn't really believe that, right? I I was out of the fight, man. I wanted to I wanted to check out. I didn't want to be here any longer. And, you know, and and it's just I guess the way that I apply that to 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 business now is um just constantly looking for opportunities to to, you know, to get better, constantly looking for ways to in, invest in this business so that it gets to that next level. Um, and I think it really comes down to how you how you handle failure, right? And and for me, man, I have failed more times than I've ever been successful, right? Uh, and, and I think the one thing in society, the one thing for people's, you know, for us, it's very ego driven uh, that if you fail, you know, you're not, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you kind of put yourself down and those kinds of things. You're not this, you're not that. And I think, you know, failure for me and the way that we, you know, and a lot of the things that I've applied from business are just things I learned at being, being a warrior. And these, a lot of the things they teach in very high performing businesses, but you know, you are just, it's up to you with how you handle that failure. And every piece of failure is a repetition for you to learn. Right. And, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, kind of the hocus pocus, motivational speaker right but you know like there is everything even in the even in the military man if like or in any kind of civilian job you know you learn so much right and, and you learn so much through your mistakes and you learn so much through failure but the only way that you're going to um you know have a healthy relationship with failure is if you fail often right and um and the only way you fail often is by you push your limits 
right? You, you, you push yourself past your point of capability and you see where you can improve. And, you know, and, and I think that for me, that's how I apply it in, in, in business. And that's how I'll always apply it. Even if I go on to do other business ventures mm -hmm. or those kinds of things, but man, like failure is your best friend. And I learned more at the lowest of lows than I ever did when I was, you know, on top. Right. And, right. um, and so that's where I would I would tell people the only way for you to experience failure is to go for it, right? To put yourself out there and putting yourself out there in today's day and age and world is hard because we don't want to be publicly shamed. We don't want to look Life. stupid in yeah. front of our friends and those kinds of things. But man, the only the only person in your way, you know, is you. And th that's how um, you know, once you really get through, cause everybody's got that internal committee of nace <laughs> of negativity, right. Of like, of yeah. And so for me, you know, it's, um, you will be so surprised at what you can put your, your, your body, your mind and what your capabilities are, right. People undersell themselves, um, all day long. Right. And so for me, uh, that's how I apply, you know, never out of the fight, uh, in really every aspect of my life. And, and it's, it's really just a great mantra that I know a lot of guys use. Yeah, no, that's amazing. One of the things that you kind of hit on is fail. I mean, obviously you mentioned it a few times it's failing. I'm, I'm in an innovation space with my job and we, we constantly are trying new things. What we end up finding is I'll spend months on something and figure out it doesn't work. And that's okay. We just found one thing that does not work, but we know, all right, how do we shift this around? How do we redo some certain things? Right. And I think that's one of the, the best being right on that, that leading edge, you're going to fail. You're going to stub your toe. You're going to do all of those things. Right. And that's perfect. As long as you recognize it and figure out how do you change it. Right. And that changes, that yeah. just kind of drives us. And I've got a whole team of people that work with me and we get to do that on a daily basis. And we share those learnings with each other. We make sure that, you know, to your point, you said mentorship and, you know, those sorts of things as we share all of those failures and the successes. Absolutely. When we succeed, we say, here's what we did. Here's how we do it. And then you tweak it as you keep moving, right? The, the business and commerce and everything nowadays, it's moving so fast. It's, it's how do you keep up, right? How do you keep up with the next company that's coming out? How do you keep up with the next podcast that's coming out? All of these things, you're always trying to do these cool things, but that's okay if you fail. Some, some shows are going to be a hit. Some absolutely aren't right. And some products, for instance, and, you know, I, I really appreciate that, that perspective on that, you know, it's something that I can absolutely take in. It's like, again, you know, we all have that little voice in our head that says, ah, you screwed up. That's okay. As long as we accept it and kind of move forward. Right. I think that's really a, a, a healthy perspective to have. Yeah. Just have the courage to step outside of your, your comfort zone, right? And and, you, and I think a lot of people are like, well, how do I know where my comfort zone is? I'm like, you know that feeling when you're about to do something and you get butterflies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the time that you jump. That's when you're feeling froggy and you got to leap. And so, you know, for me, that that's just, it, it is huge. And man, I got, you got one life to live, right? And, um, you know, and for me, you know, I want to make sure just do out of, you know, paying homage to my brothers that, you know, paid the ultimate price is that if they were to walk through that door right now, would they be proud of what I'm doing? And that's pretty much it, man. It's like, when, and when you see how valuable life is and you see how valuable your time is, man, you want to utilize it to the fullest, right? And you, you want that to echo 
with, with, with how it aligns with your values and those kinds of things. And so, man, it's just every day is a gift and a blessing. And, and I feel really honored to just even be just sitting in this chair right now, sharing with you. I never thought I'd be sitting in a chair like this telling you or anybody who would care about my story. Right. But it's just, um, you know, all things work for the glory of those who love them. Right. And so with hardship, with those kinds of things, Romans eight twenty eight for me, uh, is, is really a kind of a guiding light. And, you know, I would just encourage all people, man, if you have a dream, if you have an ambition, if you have a goal, no matter what it is, only you set the limits. Chase it, right? Absolutely chase it. Any passion, just go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I. the same thing happens to me. It's like, I didn't know this was going to be where I was, you know, three years ago, starting a podcast. Now I'm talking to Mac Alexander from Mac Belts, you know, different things like that. I get nervous. I get the butterflies right before we go on anything mm-hmm. you do, but it's a good thing. It's healthy, you know? I yeah. think it's awesome. And it's, it's a great feeling to be able to sit down and, and talk with, with folks like you and, you know, just being here and, you know, I, I'll be on a buzz all day, just thinking about, you know, our conversation today. And I think that's just a cool thing, you know, being able to share stories and, and go about that and do new things. Yeah, Let's jump in. Think, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just, you know, uh, it's important, like what we're doing, right. And I encourage more, more people, right. Share your story. Cause my, my whole goal with you, right. Is that, at the end of the day, I get to spend time with Greg, right? And, and um, maybe there'll be one person, just one person who listens and, and gets something that allows them to, it shines a new light on their situation, on their circumstances. And if, you know, my job is done then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of going on that. It's like when we have a new person come on our team, they're nervous and it takes a year for them to get kind of up, quote unquote, up to speed, right? We have a big company, you know, the company I work for 35,000 people and you get to be selected of one of 30 people out of the entire company to be part of it. Right. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with that, mm-hmm. but the mentorship, you know, and being part of that and being able to, to help them along. If you can, if you can help one person through your day, do one good thing, help them overcome something, some sort of anxiety or it's, it's a really, you know, selfless act to do simple things. It's not even selfless, it's just a simple thing to do, right? I think that's mm-hmm. a, it's an amazing kind of part of life. It's just, you feel blessed it, in some cases, right? Where you're like, they heard my story and they went out and did what? You know, or I helped them out do a little thing that would be mundane to you, but it's a huge deal to them. Amen, brother. Absolutely. Let's jump into Mac Belts. Let's talk about your company real quick, or for a few minutes, actually, if you got it. Yeah. So how many people... Do you currently, how many people work for Mac belts? How big's the company? Is it you and three people or is it, you know? Yeah. So we've got, we've got seven people now and it's crazy, right? Uh, I started this business, not, not more than two years ago. So we've got seven people, uh, to include, you know, content creators, social media managers, uh, uh, people that are, are, are building our buckles, our machinists. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys, um, you know, combat veterans from different special forces, special operations communities, even just guys that were, um, you know, served in, in, in any role. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, those guys will come in here periodically, get to work with their hands. Um, you know, we've got, got a legal team and we're really building this thing from the foundation okay. uh, to be, to be a major, uh, major company. Right. And for me, it's all about assembling the team of right people uh, and doing it uh, methodically and at the right pace. Uh, and so that's been uh, the something I've been really proud of and something 
uh, for me that because this has been my baby, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm finally kind of letting go and letting really talented people uh, take it to new heights, right? And, and when you put so much blood, sweat and tears into something that can be a, a challenge. So, you know, we're doing, we're, 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 we plan to take this industry over, but, and, and do it with veterans, right. And, and awesome. the guys that, the guys that are our content creators, our man, social media managers, all veterans, all amazing guys from every branch of service. And, um, you know, and so we're, we're seven strong right now, but we're seven Heck of yeah. the best. We're the, we're seven of the best belt makers in the world. And, 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 you know, a lot of people, I used to tell them this, I'd be like, I'm going to be, you know, the largest American made belt manufacturer here in the USA. And they'd be like, you're crazy, man. And I'm like, <laughs> well, in Watch. one year, we put a pretty good dent in it and I'm going to keep on going. Heck yeah. It's awesome. You know, and I think you're starting out. I, I don't have a perspective of, you know, starting my own company like that. And it can be scary and it can be all the things, but, you know, releasing a little bit of the control has to be a little nerve wracking, but if you surround yourself with the right people, you don't have to be nervous at all. Yeah, know? absolutely. And so for me, right. So much of, of Mac belts is, you know, and, and it's crazy, man. Like I just make, I just build belts, right. But we make <laughs> the best belts in the world. And a lot of people and companies, and I believe we're overlooking, Hey, the importance of the quality of the belt. Right. And so right. for me, when I looked at what was currently out there on the market, um, I wanted to build a belt that was 100% American made. And unfortunately, there is not a belt company here in the United States that has 100% American made uh, products, right? A lot of the companies, the large businesses out there, all the buckles and those things are made overseas. Right. Uh, and so for me, uh, I wanted to say, okay, how do I employ machinists here in the United States to make our buckle, right? We have one of the toughest buckles in the world. It's, that's made, it's made awesome from looking. steel. Yeah, yeah it, it is a, a total cool hammer. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, you know, a lot of people who have maybe metal allergies, so nickel plating, uh, other kinds of things. So I was like, well, how do we design a buckle that's made from steel, made from American steel? And then how do we design uh, a belt that's made here in the United States, right? So all of our leather is tanned in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania, one of the uh, second um, largest vegetable and one of the one of the last few vegetable tanneries here in the United States. And and so much of being a patriot, so much of being a veteran, um, I feel so called to give back to my country, right? A lot of the conflicts that this country is involved in is directly um, against in proxy situations against, you know, countries like, uh, you know, China and, and those other kinds of, that are a mass producer of goods sold here in right. the United States of America. And so for me, right, coming out of that job and coming out of the what I saw in, in that line of service, as I saw you know, service members paying the ultimate price, I was going to build a company that was going to put America first, that was going to put veterans first, and that was going to, it was going to build an amazing product. And, and that's really what it comes down to, right? You can market anything in whatever way. But for me, I wanted the quality of the product to speak for itself, right? I didn't want people to just buy a belt because I was a former SEAL and and we make belts, right? I, right? I wanted to make the best damn belts in the world. And I believe the design, the recipe that we've come up with it is right. It's, it's unbeatable. And, um, we're charging ahead, man. Heck yeah. How many, so I real quick, I, I forgot to ask how many belts have you made by hand? Yeah. So, you know, for me, yeah, you personally, um, rather than the company, cause this is where yeah. the skill set comes in. This is where the craft and 
Yeah. So I've made about, I've made over 5,000 belts with my bare hands. And if people could visualize kind of what that looks like, um, you know, just because of the nature of this, the symptoms from traumatic brain injury and just the physiological things I was dealing with, you know, I, I had a hard time sleeping. I had a hard time with, with pretty much just about everything. And so I would put everything aside uh, by building belts, right? And it's crazy what you kind of fall into, but I've made, you know, over 5,000 belts with my bare hands. And it was, it just allowed me to escape from mm -hmm. what I was dealing with in a healthy way, right? Before I escaped with, you know, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals and alcohol and that wasn't helping. And that was only dragging me deeper into a dark place. And so I found a tangible skill that I could do with my hands. And in the nature of like, just being a guy is that dude, if we find one little thing, we we're like all in and just yep. do it to the extreme. And so that's what I did, man. It was what I did for just, you know, over a year straight. Just, it was just, just me, right? Belts. It was literally just me. I built a six figure company with just me. Um, and and that was just That's amazing. I, I, I took my work ethic um, and I took my pain and my anger, dude. And I turned that into a way to just work. And for some people that's not doable because you have families and those kinds of things and you have to balance. But for me, man, I just, it was, I was so obsessed with this and I never thought ever in a million years, I would know as much as I do about men's hips. Like it's crazy. <laughs> you know, hilarious dude, it's crazy. Like, I know, I know more about men's men's belt sizing than I ever would, but yeah, it's just, for me, it's about making a badass product that, that people are going to want to take with them with to work every everywhere. Day. You literally yeah. wear a belt every single day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things that, yeah. And let it be American. Let, it, let be it be American. So, let it be a one it. purchase, one time purchase, one right. and done. So you, you have know? a your price point is above probably the the Chinese melt made belt, but that's all right. It's going to last a lifetime, and that's one of the things. If you go out to MacBelts.com, you can check them out. Um, you'll see the quality of them. There's one I've got my eye on, man. It's I just have to wait for my wife to give the the CFO okay, so you know yeah. sign off on it. But yeah, I know it's amazing um, for people. So we have, we kind of talked about this with the mentorship. Do you do a lot of mentoring, mentoring at Mac belts, like as the CEO, like what you've learned, you know, within the company, how do you, do you go about that? I'm sure you do. And we've, we've kind of hit on that a few times. And I think, because I think it's just such an important piece of starting a company, doing those things, sharing your craft, teaching all of those pieces that come in. Yeah. That's a great question. I think that one of the things the military does really good is that um, just how much information you have to take in, and then how, and then the 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 how much you're expected then to then produce that uh, uh, an acceptable result, right? And so the thing why I love working with veterans and why I love employing members of the military is because man, I can I can I can show these guys how to do something, I can tell them how to do something, and then they can teach it. Like that's that's how that's the learning curve of of, of just being you know, a service member in any, mm -hmm. in any field, you know, uh, law enforcement and being a nurse, first responder, like the, the aptitude to learn new things is just, 
It's so amazing. And so for me, as in my team alone, I'm a big believer in decentralized leadership, right? I want you to walk through the door and I want you to be like, you know, who's in charge? And because everybody is expected to be, you know, kind of an owner and everybody's expected to be able to make those decisions, regardless of my input, because they know what we're doing. Everybody's on the same page of, you know, our mission and what what our goal here is to that we're trying to do. And so I'm a big believer in, in total autonomy with my team, um, you know, and, and I feel like that's a because nobody likes getting micromanaged. Right. And I think right. one of the best things as a leader that you can do, you can present a problem set and then you can be amazed with the outcome that your team provides with you for you. Right. And that's what I found and the things that I learned in the military that are going to propel you to be the best, highest performing group that you can be. And so, um, you know, that that's that's my mindset with with mentorship. Uh, and, you know, my thing is, is I'm learning every day. You know, I, I have my own mentors and, you know, there's right. only a certain level of what I know that I can pass on. And, and as I, you know, continue to learn, I, I've asked guys, you know, guys who are in a situation or in a position that I want to be in, uh, if they'll be my mentor. And, hey, will you teach me? Will you that's show awesome. me? How would you go about this? And I think, man, that's when, you know, for me, when I look at my life, the most important thing that I've ever adopted is um, finding finding those mentors. And, and here's the thing, man, you may not find the exact human being that you want to be like, but they may have a certain set of qualities that you want to adopt and that you want to incorporate into your life. And, you know, you can create this own, uh, you know, super superhero of person you want to be by pulling all of these different amazing qualities of people who have amazing experiences. Um, and so I, I'm a big believer in mentorship. Anybody who asks me, um, you know, uh, I will I'll gladly teach them what I learned because it's all about pass down, man. You know, and the, when you, when you kind of keep your story to yourself and keep your lessons learned close to yourself, you're not going to make the world a better place and you're not going to help people reach the next level of their life and then where they want to be in business. So I'm a big believer in, you know, authentic sharing and, and not, you know, um, holding back, give, give people everything that you learned and, and, uh, you know, watch them shine. And my hope is that the people that I, that I do help mentor, that they become better than me. Right. And, and Absolutely. that's the goal. Yeah. It's that's like, mm -hmm. that's life. Just, that's what we want to do with life you know, yeah. is make other people better. That's absolutely one of the, the keys. I think real quick on to add on to that is what, from my experience is a lot of people are afraid to reach out, you know, afraid to ask for the mentorship or mentee mentor kind of relationship. And I, you know, we have to get over that mindset that we don't know everything we need mm -hmm. to learn. We have to ask other people for their experiences and what, yeah. what would you do in this situation? If, you know, you need to have those trusted people in your life and yeah. don't be afraid to reach out. You know, yeah, it's have really that. Yeah. Have that humility uh, to put us to, to realize where your limitations are not saying don't try to don't try to don't try to push the limits. But if you can have that humility to realize that, hey, you know, I don't know everything and there's yeah. somebody out here and you can be you can learn from so many people, man. There are so many amazing human beings out there. And it's hard because I feel like in today's day and age. We're so fixated on dragging people down. We're so fixated on on finding flaws when I, you know, and I I, I want to hope anybody who ever interacts with me that we reverse that message, right? Let's let's find common ground and let's let let's work together in some way so that we can, you know, just kind of shift the narrative that's going on because 
this is the greatest country in the world. Freedom is awesome. America is beautiful. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep it that way if we just, you know, lift each other up rather than put each other down. I was just going to say that. Absolutely. Just help build each other up, right? Absolutely. As we kind of come to the, the end of our conversation today, hopefully not in the future, we'll definitely keep going through these things. My wife and I like to do what we call a feel good. It's basically just anything that you're excited for the day, happy you've done something cool for the day. Mine, I'll kind of lead off. I enjoy meeting new people and being able to talk about their passions specifically with you today, Mac. You know, that's my feel good for the day. Like I said earlier, I'll be on a buzz from this one, you know, being able to hear your story. You know, there's there's so many more kind of areas we could have gone into. You know, it's just unfortunately time is limited. But what would your feel good for today be? Uh, you know, the most important thing for me, man, is to be able to sit down with people like you and to have conversations like this. Um, and I think this is a this is a, a huge thing for me to start doing um, to just get out there and not only talk about Mac belts, but talk about, you know, uh, you know, veterans, what 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 they're dealing with. Um, and, and how, what are the steps that I took personally, yeah. uh, to overcome my own demons. Right. And I'm never going to tell somebody how to live. Uh, but all I can do is share what worked for me. Right. And so I know deep down in my heart that there's going to be at least one person who watches this conversation between you and me, and I know they'll get something from it. And that for me is my feel good moment. Greg. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Let's get into real quick, some plugs for you. Where can people find you, your social media yes. and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So you can find, check us out on our website at MacBelts.com. We're on uh, social media, uh, Truth Social, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook at, at MacBelts. And then if you want to follow me personally, you can find me at Mac Alexander uh, on LinkedIn. So I right look on. forward to connecting with you guys. And Greg, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me on and, and we'll do it again, brother. I guarantee it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited to see your journey and continue following you. I'm so happy that I just happened to stumble on Mac belts for some reason or another, got my algorithm somehow. And I'm, I'm really excited real quick. Everybody go out to MacBelts.com, sign up for, you know, you put in your email, whatnot, and I think you get 10% off of the website, like, right off the Absolutely. bat, which is awesome. And then you can follow the journey out there, but definitely go follow macbelts.com. You can check them out there. And then for the podcast here, bars open with Beth and Greg, you can go find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, all the places, YouTube, like, and subscribe. And again, Mac, thank you so much for joining me today. Wish Beth had been here. We'll do it again sometime in the future. We'll bring everybody together. And that way we, she's got all sorts of different crazy things she likes to talk about. So I think it'd be awesome. Thank you so much again. Appreciate it. Thanks brother. Take care.